everybody, Sam Marisak here, aka the dietitianist. Combine the words dietitian and nutritionist, you get the gist. I am super stoked. I have Jacob Thomas here with me this evening. Thank you so much for carving out some time. And before we introduce him, my go-to disclaimer that this podcast is meant for informational and educational purposes only. It does not constitute a client-provider relationship, nor should it be used for individualized medical nutrition therapy advice. Should you have specific nutrition-related questions, I encourage you to contact me directly. Jacob, welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me, Sam. Of course. So I know we had kind of said, hey, you know, different aspects of sharing your background and you've done all the things. Uh, former NCAA Division One athlete, um, master in, in social work, um, mentor, and practicing. I don't want to misspeak. So you go ahead and share more details, the highlights. Sure. <laughs> the highlights. Oh, gosh. Yes. Uh, I played Division One football in college, and then Division Three for a little bit. And then I ended up getting into modeling for about 10 to 12 years, um, which was a very interesting experience. But I mean, you know, being in New Jersey, traveling uh, through Europe, um, going back and forth to India, and also having a wealth of experience experience uh, from mentors that have really reshaped my life and have helped me and catapulted me to where I am today. So right now, today, I'm, I do behavioral therapy in the mornings, and also I do psychotherapy in the evenings via telehealth. So. Yes, and we met through the Nourish Nest, so of course, yes. one, two... Want to plug you here, Jacob. You are currently accepting new clients in Texas, Florida, and maybe some other states soon to be, correct? Yes, that is correct. Hope, yes, soon to be Pennsylvania. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Woo. So I was going to ask, oh my gosh, lost my train of thought. We were talking about um, dual licensure accepting new clients. I don't know. I digress. Oh, yes. I know what I know what I want to ask. Clients who are seeking to work with you, what are your areas of specialty in regards to one-on-one -on -one counseling? Hmm. Thank you for asking that. Yes. So one-on-one -on -one, um, psychotherapy is definitely, I utilize a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, mindfulness-based approaches. Um, clients that are dealing with transitions, uh, mood disorders, thought disorders, uh, depression, anxiety, coping skills, lack of coping skills, grief and loss, and motivational, um, you know, backboning to really build up healthy coping skills for one's life, um, whether it be short term, because it's through intensive outpatient as well, but also in, in the evenings with psychotherapists, I mean, psychotherapy on telehealth, it's, I wouldn't say it's short term, I would say really learning to build that trust with the client. You know, you build that through months, uh, I would say, and, and hopefully we we get somewhere with those coping skills. So that's the main end goal. Yeah. So I would say or hypothesize we all have our own coping skills, but how how do we add to our toolbox or tool, tool belt healthier coping skills? Because I'm sure not all of our coping skills are in our own best interest. Hmm. Yes, it depends on what those coping skills are, because <laughs> sometimes, I mean, just being transparent, I think that's the one key. Let's be transparent about that. What am I, what do I need to cope? And what am I blocking myself from actually coping? 
So sometimes we tend to escape with things, whether it be substances or habits, whatever the case is, social media, apps, I mean, telephones, uh, TV, whatever, you name it, uh, we could do that. But if there's an issue with, let's say, mood, okay, I'm feeling really sad, or I'm always dwelling in the past, and you know, what kind of thoughts are there? So, you know, I always say, let's dissect that. Let's look at that. And, you know, how often are you thinking about the past? Or how often are you dwelling about the future or the unknown? And how can we bring it back into the present and cultivate and create new emotions with new thoughts and new vision? Mm -hmm. And so I start there. Yes, and I'm sure it goes very deep. It can. I would yeah. say, because <laughs> if you want to get to the root, you know, let's look at the root. And sometimes that takes time. Sometimes it could be right there. Um, but then what kind of coping skills can we emphasize? Um, you know, what does it look like throughout the day? Whether it's, you know, are you working out? Is it physiological? Or are you utilizing even your diet? And I'm no specialist with that. But, you know, if you're looking at the history and if you're looking at the big picture, um, what is an individual doing? Right. And what mm -hmm. are they not doing? Yeah. I think all good points to consider and food is for some of us. Yeah. One of those coping skills for better or worse. Always a good idea to work with a therapist and a dietitian, right? Yes. <laughs> you cannot go wrong with that. Why not? Two birds with one stone. <laughs> Precisely. So can we dive in a little bit and talk about your experience as a D1 football player and how that um, shaped your view in regards to nutrition? Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> well, I had no idea I was going to play football in college. I quit soccer my senior year, like right before football camp and soccer camp, and I decided to go be a kicker. And so that ended up, you know, I ended up playing in St. Peter's University in Jersey City um, after my senior year in college. But I recognized that I was very, very skinny and completely, <laughs> utterly much, much more weaker than a lot of the other players. So I ended up bulking up. Um, mm -hmm. But the experience itself as a kicker, that definitely taught me a lot on stress and crisis and trying mm -hmm. to be in the moment because, you know, three seconds on the line and you got a 42 yard field goal. I mean, and there's, you know, hundreds, if not a couple thousand people in the stadium, you know, where's your mind? <laughs> so that, whether it be in practice and going from high school to then division one, I'm just thinking what in the world, this is a whole different level and experience with the caliber of caliber of athletes. And mm -hmm. it really taught me a lot on, stress and where's my mind so I would do a lot of that repetitious um, guided imagery truly even before the games I would imagine myself on the line the snap the hold the kick I mean even whether people are cheering but I would do that over and over and over and over again probably about like 35 times before I actually got off the bus every oh, day wow. <laughs> yeah. well and two it's I yeah it's so quiet when there's getting ready to be a kick and all eyes are on you. And um, yeah, I can only imagine, did your university have the resources? Hey, let's, let's connect you with a sports psychologist. I'm sure they did. Um, I never really was too involved with them, okay. <laughs> but yeah. no, they, they had, they had a plethora of resources and, and material and individuals with a wealth of knowledge and experience and education that were back in the players up. Yes. Nice. 
Um, so then I know you had a stint of professional modeling. So that's, you know, football to modeling. And when compared to when you were playing football versus modeling, I'm curious if that changed your viewpoint in regards to relationship with food. Very much so, I would say, because at that time I was not eating the best and I was not utilizing the best coping skills for myself. Um, but the modeling industry, for me personally, it felt like um, an interesting experience because I did a lot of underwear modeling and, and runway, um, high fashion, um, you name it, um, but a lot of underwear modeling. So my body was, you know, I felt very comfortable, you know, whether it was, you know, doing a quick workout and then getting on set. But then when mm -hmm. I was eating, I noticed I was just eating whatever I could to just fill me up, to just kind of give me a burst of energy in that moment. But then I also mm -hmm. noticed as I was doing modeling more, I was also traveling back and forth from the city to school. You know, my diet slowly started going down because of other things I was diving into, which were not the best of me. But that showed me <clears throat> not just for myself, but even the individuals I was hanging around, the friends at that time. What we eat really makes a big, big difference and also what we drink. And so, you know, after, I guess, not taking care of my body, my gut for too long, for a couple of years, I decided to make a, diff a different change, you know, a different shift. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is so fascinating reading the research on gut microbiome health and the impact of mm. food and mood in regards to omega-3 fatty acids and what we're doing in that realm so what what does your nutrition look like currently so um you're not currently professionally modeling or are you no no okay, no. okay. not currently <laughs> hey if that happens i mean i'm open to it <laughs> <laughs> no no agent no 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 contract no nothing now yeah um so but my current diet what i eat yeah. currently it's oh gosh well every week i my, my cabinet cabinets it's a wealth of spices not just indian spices pakistani spices all over asian spices mm -hmm. um but I, I i prep i meal prep every weekend so i always have uh, a chicken curry dish vegetables rice um in the mornings i usually have two to three eggs uh, probably a croissant or toast and oatmeal um, two protein shakes a day um I guess vegan friendly, you can say. Uh, it doesn't upset my stomach. I have a very, very sensitive stomach. So for the most part now, it's it's always home-cooked meals uh, mm -hmm. consistently. And it's every week. And I've been doing that for over, I guess, almost like four and a half years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will echo that sentiment. Yeah, just depending on what's going on in, in other areas of life, um, you know, ha having the available bandwidth and, and energy to devote to kind of so making choices that align with health and wellness across the board and yes. yeah so kudos to you Jacob um Thank yeah <laughs> sometimes I'll be like oh my gosh my iced coffee consumption is like triple my h2o for the day but hey <laughs> I drink a gallon of water a day literally I have a gigantic I mean where is it somewhere over there but I usually that one whole container maybe a little more every single day <laughs> Yeah, that has helped me so much. Um, yeah, water is yeah, um, soup's important. So I know we're kind of just hopscotching a little bit of everywhere. So um, I know we touched on coping skills, and 
we talked about, hey, you know, mentioning the aspects of therapy, specifically CBT and yes. the role that maybe nutrition is interweaved in there. But you kind of share your thoughts or maybe tidbits that you wanted to for sure, like, hey, Sam, we didn't cover this. And I wanted to talk and share this with lis listeners because I feel like this is so important and, and you're totally missing the mark. So, yeah. Absolutely. No, thank you for bringing that up. Yes, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, you know, how your thoughts impact your emotions, impacting your actions. And so you're looking at the emotional state, not only that, but you're looking at someone's standards. Um, and so when an individual or client brings up a certain topic, hey, Jacob, I'm feeling depressed, or I'm dealing with a lot of anxiety, I'm looking at, well, what kind of thoughts are you really having? So one specific uh, tool that I use, I ask individuals to draw an infinity sign, big enough that you can write words in it. And so mm -hmm. on the left side, if you can list the specific thoughts that are constantly, maybe you find yourself ruminating on and whether that be, you know, thoughts about life experiences or even viewpoints on self, on, on your own self-esteem mm -hmm. and then list the emotions on that. And then how long are you staying in that emotional state, right? Whether it be in the past or the future or the unknown or worry. And then what are you doing about it? What kind of actions are you having? Are you noticing you're isolating yourself more? You're being more guarded. You're eating more junk food. You're distracting yourself with playing video games for eight hours a day or whatever the case is. You're calling out sick nonstop, even though if you're not sick for work or avoiding certain events. And so how can you list all of that and see that and see what, what can you change about it? And mm -hmm. so you mentioned diet, Sam. I think that's a really interesting uh, tool with this because from personal experiences, you know, we are what we eat, so to say. And so, well, if you're feeling down, how often are you drinking? How often are you eating junk food? You know, what mm -hmm. kind of food are you eating? Are you, you know, eating fast food on a consistent basis? Because maybe that's making you feel good. You're eating sweets a whole lot. And so, you know, even personally looking at that for myself, I decided to make a game plan and game change for my own self. So when I'm dealing, when I'm working with clients, it's, you know, how can we really look at it from, from the ground up? And I'm not just, you know, coming at it from, well, this is something that I've read, you know, dealing with it on my own, I think it truly has shaped the way I, I engage with clients and, and the processes kind of just kind of manifest on its own. So CBT and food and habits and patterns, I think that plays a really vital and critical part as to, you know, how to look at, at the issue or the root and how to dissect it and how to make a change. Yes. And I would say maybe even from a more macro perspective, I heard you say changing those habits and patterns. What do you find is the most successful way to help your clients get quote unquote unstuck, whether it's nutrition or not? The meaning. I would definitely say the meaning. What is the meaning for this? What is your why? Why do you want to do this? You might even say, well, I went to the doctor the other day, the cardiologist, and you know, this individual told me, well, do you want to see your daughter walk down the aisle? And it's like, all right, what do I, what, what am I looking at, right? <laughs> it's like, well, what, this is a big why, you know, to change one's life, you know, goal or trajectory. And, and usually I've noticed when we're at that precipice of change, you know, we keep prolonging it, keep pushing away, keep pushing it away nonstop. And it's like, well, eventually I'll, do, I'll get to it eventually. Until we get to that wall or we hit that rock bottom or the ground, now we have to change. Mm. Hopefully we can get to that point before that happens. So when you already start noticing, well, I'm a little more distressed here, or this is really 
you know, constantly happening. It's a pattern I've noticed. And so we want to prevent that hopefully before it even happens and redirect it. So I would say finding your why and the meaning as to why you truly want to change this, that's, that's going to give you the motivation, or at least, you know, even if you don't feel motivated some days, you're going to remember it. So again, it's signaling that thought, which is also going to be signaling that emotion. Small change, small, small steps with this makes a huge difference. Y'all, if you are not familiar with Siete Foods, I'm telling you right now, you need to be. Siete Foods is proud to share delicious Mexican American food for a variety of dietary offerings, including grain-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan, and non-GMO. They offer cookies, a variety of chips, different taco seasonings, and I can tell you right now, you will not be disappointed. Dietitianist clients do receive products at a discounted rate. You can find them online as well as Instagram at Siete Foods. Be sure to check them out at www.sietefoods.com. Yes. And I think you use the words in your personal experience. And I would, I would say, similarly speaking, recognizing that progress is not, or we shouldn't expect it to necessarily be linear. Hmm. And for me, that resonates because it's like, hey, we're all human. So finding that balance of, hey, I'm still striving for this. And when I do mess up, because we will mess up, yes. giving myself, I'm not saying, hey, I'm going to throw in the towel and quit, but okay, well, let's just make the next best choice, right? I'm so glad you brought that up because that that's a huge component in this, right? Because let's say, you know, I end up telling you, Sam, it's like, Sam, I messed up. You know, I, I totally screwed this up. And, you know, I got back to drinking, drinking whiskey or eating McDonald's five days a week or whatever. You know, instead of beating myself up, right, that can go down a whole other rabbit hole. That's another thought pattern. That's another emotional pattern. And then habit pattern, action, action pattern. So why don't I give myself that grace, like you were saying? Be kind to self, right? If this is about self-care, you know, how am I viewing myself? If I do mess up or fall back, like you are saying. And that's a very important step. And so utilizing that in the therapeutic process, I think it helps us remind ourselves that I can be kind to myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. You mentioned self-care and I know you practice yoga. Do you want to share your favorite type of yoga to practice and some of that mindfulness? Yes, absolutely. So yoga, I don't do so much of the stretches that much anymore. I used to practice Kundalini yoga, which is a lot of breathing, heavy breathing, or they call it pranayama. Um, and you feel it in different energy centers in your body. But long story short, what I do now, and I've been doing this for over eight years, is a form called bhakti yoga. And this is really, it's for me, uh, it's, it's my, it's a thought, or it's a, it resonates that feeling within, like, you know, my own personal sacred relationship with whatever you want to call God. Um, and it always takes me there. So for me, it's aligning myself with that thought, with that memory, with that experience and whatever that is. And so that to me is kind of like having that relationship with my inner space. So yeah. that's the form of the yoga um, in regards to mindfulness based practices. Um, I love doing that, whether it be grounding, whether it be you know going out barefoot, you know, on sand, on the beach, on the grass, on concrete, 
really being in the moment, feeling the temperature um, of, you know, of everything, even around my skin. Um, but one specific practice I like to do, which is called just, I mean, you're focusing on your breath, really, each inhale and exhale. Um, I do this with clients as well. So whenever thoughts tend to come by my own mind, I bring my awareness back to my breath and I feel each breath. And an easy way to really tap into that is the 555 tool. So you're breathing in, or I guess, you know, four for four tool, because it's mm. kind of hard holding your breath for four seconds. You hold it in four seconds and you hold it and then you exhale four seconds. And then you breathe mm. in four seconds, hold it four seconds, exhale four seconds. Do that five times. You're going to feel pretty relaxed. And then I guide them into a mindfulness-based practice, which is just focusing on each breath. And I do that each day for about 15, 12 to 15 minutes, whether it be in the morning or even before I go to bed. Mm, that's so good. Um, I've heard it referred to as box breathing. Have you ever heard it referred to as box, box breathing? breathing. Hmm. Like no, thinking of, <laughs> so while you're doing the counting and holding inhale for, um, imagine like drawing a box with your breath is how I've yeah, heard it described. Sure. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other question I wanted to ask you, do you mind to share a little bit more about the term you used energy centers? Sure, 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 sure. Energy centers. Um, well, I guess you can, I don't know if you want me going too all, you know, abstract, I guess there are terms called yeah. chakras, which is very common yes. in, um, you know, Eastern, Eastern practices. Uh, but at the same time, it's, you feel it within yourself. You feel it in your, in your body whether it be mm -hmm. in your base, in your, you know, sexual organs down there. That's where I noticed personally what would happen to me when I started doing the Kundalini and I would feel it around, you know, this kind of energy. It felt like it's vibrating, but it felt blissful and very, very good within my own being, whether it be my heart, my gut, um, down to my root, base of my spine, but also even around my face. And it would last a couple, you know, few minutes after I would do it or even while I was doing the breathing exercises. Mm -hmm. But for anyone that's listening, um, the energy centers, what I was talking about is, and from what I've learned, is different chakra centers in your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, definitely um, an entire podcast we could make in and of itself. I was chatting with a dietitian mm -hmm. last week, I believe, and she incorporates a lot of her work with clients with a term she um, uses, human design. I don't know if... Mm. Um, you're familiar or I, I may be misusing it, but similarly speaking, just grounding ourselves and being very aware of the psychosomatic connections. Mm, love it. Yes. Yeah. So, um, one of the things to... it's, um, Oh, sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead. What I was going to say, it reminds me of, cause whenever I'm, you know, whether it be in group therapy or even, you know, one-on-one, I always ask when you're feeling the anxiety or when you're feeling that emotion, that rush come in, where are you feeling in your body, right? A lot of the times mm -hmm. it's usually here in your gut, mm -hmm. right? And then you'll notice, well, maybe an argument might bring it up or a specific trigger or stressor outside of you or even a specific thought, right? A worry. Then where does that energy go? That flow, does it rise up into your chest, right? Does it stay there? Is your body getting tense? Are you getting sweaty palms? Is your neck really tense? Your jaw, right? Is it clenched? What about your shoulders, right? How does that look? How does that feel? Mm -hmm. And then if you don't voice that, if you don't exercise it out or release it, sort of saying, does it go back down? Do we suppress it? And so the psychosomatic aspects that you're talking about and how, you know, impacts us physiologically, 
that's a huge component as to dealing with the energies or being aware of it. Yes. And I don't know if you got a chance to listen to my podcast when Mary Shea was a guest, but she, I think just recently finished her credentialing for somatic experiencing and this very idea that yes, we have to release those traumas, whether it's Mm. little T trauma or big T traumas, or it just causes physical damage essentially. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, And I, perhaps I'm comparing apples to oranges, but when you're talking about when you feel the emotional sensation, um, I can relate it back to potential like hunger or fullness cues when I'm working with my clients and and we're talking about relationship with food Mm -hmm. because it does feel and show up differently for different individuals. Um, So yeah, I kind of have that parallel thought there. That is so true. And then it's like, well, what can we do with it, right? Yes, yeah. So Jacob, what resources would you highly, hands down, 10 out of 10 recommend in regards to individuals looking for, hey, I want to be better, do better, or you know, on their own self-healing journey? I would definitely say if you're, I mean, if you're, again, you know, I always say, are you seeing a, are you seeing a physician, right? Are you utilizing any allopathic medicine uh, practices right now, whether it be uh, seeing a therapist, trauma therapist, specialist in any kind of you know shape, way, or form, and see if you could do that research or if you need a referral um, and ask around. I would always say, look at your community, what are the resources available, whether it be in person, whether it be online, telehealth, that's, that's a wealth of opportunity out there and individuals that can be served. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, books are a huge thing. Podcasts are a huge thing right now. Um, and just utilize your web. I would always say that too, because, you know, whether it be you're learning about mindfulness, you're learning about nutrition, like you're saying, physical activities, um, is it coaching, motivational interviewing, all of it, um, that all, you know, start with that, I would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, I saw on the Nourish Nest website, y'all have your book recommendations and some of them I've read and others, I was like, oh, I gotta add these. Um, Fun fact, question for you though, fun fact, are you an audible book or do you prefer to read a book as opposed to listen to it? Both, but I'd rather listen to and even see the person speak um, or if they, yeah, I would say audible. I like it, like hearing the actual individual's voice not mm-hmm. if it's, you know, programmed or automated. Um, but I always love actually holding a book and smelling it. <laughs> I read so many books. So I, would, I, I love <laughs> that too. I guess it depends on the mood or the day. Yeah. If I'm somewhere where I'm lounging, but if I'm trying to be productive, mm-hmm. like learn something and like do a chore, I'm like, hey, like just put my air, um, AirPods in and it's like kill two birds with one stone. Yes. So, I'm yeah. glad you mentioned the website on Nourish Nest because they have an amazing book selection, which I've read quite a few of those books. So I would definitely say check that out too. <laughs> and if you're missing yeah. a therapist, ask your therapist too for, um, or even a coach, ask them for, you know, any kind of advice, you know, any kind of podcasts that are out there any kind of books, any kind of resources too. Yeah. So individuals listening can find you on the Nourish Nest. Is there anywhere else they can find you if they want to? Do yes, so. Psychology Today. Uh, you can find me on that as well. Okay. And and the Nourish Nest right now. Yes. Nice. Um, I am on Facebook. I just haven't really 
used it in a long time. I should probably start using that more. <laughs> but, I have mixed feelings yeah. about the, all of the socials. Mixed feelings. Yeah, same, 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 same. So I would say definitely Psychology Today, but of course, Nurse Nest, yes. You can schedule an appointment right there. Awesome. Well, Jacob, are there any last words of wisdom that you want to share with the dietitianist listeners? Hmm. Oh, last words of wisdom. <laughs> I would say, honestly, be the change that you wish to see. As to whatever that looks like, I hope it's a good vision, but start with that because a lot of the times we're looking outside of us for things to change, uh, this individual to change or that circumstance to change. But really, if we have 24 hours in a day, I mean, it's really about personal responsibility and personal accountability and, you know, to look at that honest, transparent truth of self and what is it that I need to change? And no better way to utilize that through therapeutic processes and creating that safe space and trust and rapport with an individual that's not a family member, that's not a dear friend, that's not your neighbor, right? And someone that's going to meet you there. Um, I would definitely leave the listeners with that. Awesome. Well, I so appreciate your time, your expertise, and thank you. Of course. Thanks so much, Jacob. Thank you so much for having me, Sam. Thank you. Y'all, thank you so much for tuning in. I am so happy that Jacob took some time to share his insight and expertise with us. And equally excited that next week, Danielle Lewis, a U.S. professional triathlete, will be joining me and a former Baylor Bears teammate and friend. She has earned multiple first place and podium finishes at the 70.3 Ironman distance and continues to progress through the ranks. While she finds success in sport, she finds the most satisfaction using her experience to motivate others. Trust me, y'all, it's going to be a good time. Lots of laughs, plenty of insight in regards to sport and nutrition. Episode you do not want to miss. In the meantime, and until next time, y'all, cheers. <laughs>